Welcome to another episode of the Lilac City Leadership Podcast. We're super excited. We have today uh, CEO and President of Visit Spokane, Meg Winchester, on the show with us today. Meg, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm very thrilled to be here. Awesome. We're Glad pumped. And I'm one of your hosts, James Krejci. And I'm Doyle Wheeler. The second host. The other host. All right. <laughs> Double hosts. So, um, Meg, you've been uh, President and CEO of Visit Spokane now for how long? About two and a half years. Two and a half years. And kind of tell us maybe, I think when I was reading through your bio, uh, you moved to Spokane, uh, taking this role, and kind of tell us your life before Visit Spokane and before that move and kind of what led to it. You bet, I'd be happy to. Um, I um, spent most of my career in San Diego, um, actually started out in the catering side of, of hospitality. Oh, so wow. did catering for about 13 years in different venues, wow. um, and then was um, moved over to the sales side at the San Diego Convention Center. So worked nice. on the citywide sales team in, in San Diego. So kind of um, learned the ins and outs on the sales side. So came up through that. Ended up um, being invited to go to, to Houston. So um, moved to Houston. My family was living in Texas at the time. I wanted to be close to them in Galveston. Was there oh, about, yeah. about two years. And then was invited to take the director position at the CVB in, in Galveston. Wow. And so I um, was fortunate my family was all living there, so it was the best of both worlds, was really able to build up that um, DMO. Was there 12 and a half years, um, wow. which was great. Wow. I know, long time, huh. long time. And um, you've kind of shaken the Texas accent, too. Never right? had did you, one, actually. Did you never develop it? Kind okay. of growing up in San Diego. I, I, you'll, yeah. The word, the all will come out and those type of things <laughs> just from growing up, but not too much. Well, you did a good job um, shaking the San Diego accent. Yeah. And then um, was invited um, to interview for the position um, two and a half years ago and really had driven through Spokane. That's the only time I'd ever been here. Yeah. Came and immediately fell in love with, with the, the destination and was super excited to move up here. What kind of uh, drew you most about the position? And I guess the area is amazing, but yeah, what? tell us a little more area about that. Area was it. Love mountains. Um, love the mountains. Love to hike. All of that aspect of it. You know, I, the minute I stepped off the plane, the people, I, I have said that to everyone I've talked to, the people here are 100% genuine and nice. Yeah, Agreed. it's amazing. You go to other destinations and people are nice, but sometimes you can tell it's not really that genuine. Gosh, people mm -hmm. here, you just have that that feel of people wanting to welcome you. And I thought, wow, that's really remarkable for a destination, especially an up and coming destination. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall when I came to that Spokane was really starting to move up as well. And I thought, gosh, mm -hmm. it would be so fun to be a part of that. Yeah, exactly. Super cool. Uh, what came to mind when you said you stepped off the plane, Matt, uh, we interviewed Matt Santangelo not mm -hmm. long ago, and he said, I, I want to get a setup where um, as soon as people come off the plane in Spokane that they're throwing a basketball, oh. and they kind of go like, what is this? That would this, be, welcome to Hooptown. That would be <laughs> great. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, it's nice to hear we have a warm welcome even without the basketballs uh, mm -hmm. to folks that are coming in from from outside the area. There's so. nothing better than just sharing like the key locations in Spokane. like. I'll be down in the in riverfront, riverfront, just shooting mm -hmm. photos for myself for my own Instagram, and like, there's you can tell when there's a tourist down there, they're yes. in awe. They're like, "Wow, that clock tower is bigger than we thought in the photos, or whatever." And you can just walk up to them, "Hey, so how long are you going to stay?" And they'll just chime in, "Oh yeah, we're here for a weekend. We're visiting our our daughter, our right. niece, or whatever." And I'm like, "Oh, you got to go check this out. You got to go check that out. Make sure you go check this out." And then they ask questions, and it's like you could carry on this cool conversation about our city, 
Right. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, and that's, that's not normal. It isn't. And you know, that's why we put our visitor center right in the middle of the, of, um, the park. So mm -hmm. our visitor center is right in the middle of, right next to the skate ribbon mm -hmm. and everything is where our visitor center is because that's the kind of the heartbeat of mm -hmm. Spokane. I kind of look at it that way. Yeah. And exactly what you said, people come in are so excited when they see everything that there is to offer. You know, they may just go straight into talk, but there's just so many amazing things just in our downtown core. And, you know, we represent the whole region. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. once you start to even get outside that, it's just remarkable. And it, the variety of things, that's what I really love too. Yeah. Is there yeah. something for everybody? Yeah. And then people are able to find things that they didn't even know they liked. And exactly. wow, right. how cool that is. Yeah. <laughs> Accidental hobbies. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us a little more about Visit Spokane. I think, uh, you know, what are the missions, the goals, uh, services that you provide, et cetera? You bet. It's really, it's really simple what our mission is. Our mission is to market to outside visitors to come into our destination and, ex and experience everything that we have to offer. Um, overnight, we always encourage everybody to stay overnight mm -hmm. um, so that they'll stay in our hotels. We've got amazing hotels. Every We have a little bit of everything for people. And then to, to go and support all of our businesses. I look at things, What that's our mission. Our main core is quality of life. Mm -hmm. for our residents mm -hmm. and our businesses. And I kind of combine the two of them because what we're doing is we are an economic driver, um, a, a big economic driver, which I think a lot of people really don't realize in our community. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw a little bit of that last year and in the, into the first part of right. this year. Um, the value of tourism and what it does bring to our destination. But, you know, so many restaurants wouldn't stay open if we didn't bring visitors in. You know, mm -hmm. some of our favorite, and we have so many amazing um, independently owned restaurants in this, mm -hmm. in this destination that don't yes, have those big do. corporations, you know, helping them. And so our job is to put people in those restaurants so they can stay. So then that, in turn, our residents are able to enjoy all those great amenities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, we're recording like not long before lunch here, and I'm yeah, already getting hungry. We always say this even after lunch on this podcast. We start getting hungry. I know. We start getting hungry. Well, there's gosh, the, the the cuisine here is. I mean, I have have you know when people come to visit, they're just like, I had no idea. Yeah. And that's my favorite statement. Whether it's clients we're bringing in, conventioners, whatever, they're like, I had no idea. Yeah. How great this is. <laughs> so I got a burning question. So when yeah. people visit Spokane, uh, sometimes they stay mm -hmm. uh, long term. Mm -hmm. And so how do you balance in your role um, keeping kind of the luxuries of a mid-sized city and, and also wanting to increase interest from outside the region? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one because what happens is we're always, we, we say we're the front door because everybody yeah. comes to a destination as a visitor first. Whether it's mm -hmm. to live here, whether it's to bring a business here, whether it's to attend a convention, you know, anything, visit family and friends, all of that. And so it's really important, I think, to um, put the best foot forward as, as much as you can. So yeah. balancing that, what we do is, is we get, I was speaking about the visitor center earlier, is we get a lot of people that are coming in and thinking, gosh, I might want to move here or I might want to bring my business here and those type mm -hmm. of things. So what we try to do is be a full service aspect. Any of the relocation packages come out of our office. They don't oh, come okay. out of like GSI or something. We took that over because we always want to show all the amenities that the destination has mm -hmm. um, as we move forward. But there again, we have that balance too, is that you know we've got to make sure as we move forward and I it, lots of conversations about infrastructure and things like that as people are moving here yeah. so that there is that balance. We're still able to have that great um, uh, destination for people to come to and visit and then 
go home, mm -hmm. which is our main goal, is come visit, spend as much money as you can, and then go <laughs> home. I mean, that's kind of the joke. It's not the joke. Yeah. It's the reality. If you really look at it, yeah. that is our main mission. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you're going to get people that find a destination that they fall in love with. And so always trying to have a seat at the table to talk about those infrastructure needs and yeah. those quality of life needs as mm -hmm. we move forward. And um, so really, that's uh, destination master planning. We look at things like that as we move forward, too. Yeah. That's um, that's a pretty critical point. I mean, you say you're, you're the front door, mm -hmm. and so I think you have a voice that's unique in saying, "Hey, here's who's visiting, here's exactly. who's staying, here's what we should probably make sure we uh, put in place in order to to make the city function uh, as we kind of scale up too." Very much so. And we we've gotten very analytical. We're working with a couple companies too. I, I, I think it's very very important that we know who's coming to visit, where they're coming to visit, how long they stay here, those type of things too. Yeah. So our chief marketing officer has done an amazing job of working with a couple couple um, of uh, data based. Um, companies that are able to, to do, I mean, drill down analytics. I mean, uh, scarily, I can tell you when someone has looked at one of our ads come into the destination within 500 feet where they went and wow. how long they stayed in destinations, all the place they went. And yeah. so that's serving. And so what we're able to do is we're able to share that information with a lot of our partners. So say the, the we're working really closely with the, um, the park system throughout the state of Washington with some of this data so that they can know where who, who's going, what are the most heavily populated trails, mm -hmm. you know, by actual data, not by counting or, or mm -hmm. um, forest rangers and those type of things. And yeah. so they are able to get grants and look at things like that. So we're very data-driven as well, as which we have to be yeah. um, as we move forward to look at the ROI and just actually the actual traffic and, and everything that we're looking at. And then it helps with where we're marketing and those type of things. Gotcha. Spending our dollars. And just to, just to round this out a little bit, for anyone listening that might be creeping out a little bit about yeah. the, the <laughs> yes. fact that data oh, follows you. you. <laughs> we <laughs> don't know who you are. Let me tell yeah, you yeah. that. We don't have any information about the actual person. It's exactly. just it's just it's just data just it's on your phone just like everybody yeah. any any analytics so we don't know anything about the actual person so, yeah. yeah and thank you for saying that you're, you're welcome and, and from my world we live and breathe on data mm -hmm. we love the fact that people are okay with us being able to see where they go and do what right. they do because it not only helps us provide better services correct it, and it, and the list goes on but you talk about partners mm -hmm. that just went next level yes. and so the visitor that came in this week mm -hmm. and you're able to see the data of where that that right. particular visitor was going and the feedback that goes to those people right it encourages it motivates it helps them expand their services it helps them yeah. invite more people exactly then one year later next they bring the whole family that experience is next level yeah that wow. is no makes your visit better this is 2021 this is good stuff. And you it's said it perfectly stuff. because that's exactly what we're trying to do is we want to give as much information to our partners as we, as we can as well so that everybody be, can come up, become better. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and in those regards. So it's been really fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's uh, very fascinating information. And, again, is, is the more we can help our partners throughout the community, the more, you know, the better for all of us. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, in the past, uh, prior to data being so, so prevalent, uh, it was kind of like the loudest voices were heard, Correct. and mm -hmm. sometimes that's not the a lot of times that's not the majority Correct. or what's actually wanted uh, from a visitor of Spokane Correct. in this instance. So yeah, data is awesome. Data is um, awesome. It is awesome. We like data. 
so maybe over the course of the couple years that you've been here mm -hmm. at Visit Spokane, t uh, tell us how the, the organization has evolved. You bet. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting. Um, when I started, I think there was 32 sales, uh, or not sales, well, I call us all salespeople because we are f all front-facing with everything yeah. that we're doing. We're a marketing agency um, for this amazing destination. Um, and uh, everybody was working full steam. We had, uh, 2019 was the best year that, um, that tourism had had in the history of our region. And we went into 2020 just thinking we weren't like the world on fire. Yeah. And we were the first couple of months. We had an amazing mm -hmm. January and February, which are usually our, our down months. You know, we were able, and then of course March hit for all of us. And mm -hmm. um, so it has uh, really changed our organization. Um, broke, still very hard for me to talk to. As many organizations, so I did lay 19 people off in one day. Mm -hmm. um, went down to an organization from uh, tw uh, 29 at that point to 10. Mm -hmm. um, again, we used a lot of data. We did a lot of modeling. We did a lot of strategic planning. We didn't make the decisions quickly, but we knew we had to to keep the wheels on the bus. That's yeah. what I keep mm -hmm. saying yeah. as we moved forward because everything just went flat in all right. aspects. And our funding comes from hotel um uh, taxes and an assessment. That's majority of our funding. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we kind of went from a very um, robust to a very um, uh, decimated, for yeah, lack decimated. of a better word. There you that's, go. Yeah. Uh, that's the best word I can think of. So we did that with the hope that we could start to bring people back. Um, it's been much longer than it's taken, but we were able to do that. We worked, um, what we did is, I, I have always believed in a collaboration, and I think you know people tend to get in their own lanes and do things, and a lot of times we overlap and are doing the same things, but not together. Mm -hmm. And so we quickly came together with the other um, nonprofit organizations um, in our community that were business-centric, so GSI, mm -hmm. um, Valley Chamber, West Plains Chamber, DSP, and really started to work to help lift up basically our businesses. So we looked at grants and those type of things. While at the same time, we really couldn't invite anybody to our destination, so we stopped most of our marketing at that point. Because, right. you know, it, just kind of everybody trying to figure everything out. Mm -hmm. um, at the point that we, we realized that we could start to invite people back and that we had such an amazing destination for social distancing with all of our outdoor mm -hmm. aspects, um, we were fortunate the county commissioners were so gracious and so generous to give us a $2.5 million um, grant wow. to do outbound marketing. So um, we created a Room to Roam campaign. I nice. don't know if yeah, you've seen so it with it. the characters, and it's just amazing. And so with talking about the data we talked about a little earlier, we looked yeah. at, started looking at who was coming, and we saw it was all West Side because everybody was driving. It was all rubber wheel travel at that point. Yep. And so we, we heavily marketed into the Seattle and into the Portland. And interestingly, Portland had never hit our top ten of wow. our destinations oh, really? nice and work. they came in at three wow. so we shifted quickly to that area so that you know, looking at the data we would yeah. have never thought portland was going to come up and they that so our three top um visitors during the last year was the, the region of spokane and when we say the region it's you know the, uh, this whole area yeah. mm -hmm. um seattle the west side and portland so we did heavily heavy wow. marketing there so we were really fortunate but we also worked with the collaboration of internally you know, urging people, working with the restaurant associations to as quickly as possible get them open, how they could work, you know, with the PPP and all of or PPE, get all those acronyms all mixed <laughs> up, you know, getting those, um, the, the gloves, the masks mm -hmm. and everything yeah. to them so they could quickly um, work up, worked with um, 
the health departments, worked with the cities, you know, all of those different things. So it really was a different, we still stayed as a marketing organization, but really concentrating on um, safety. Yeah. It's, and it's that's never going to go away now, as we all well know, and still a welcoming community. And mm-hmm. just being, the again, the front door of what was open, what was happening in our destination. So on our website, all of our social, we were really uh, tried to be as tight in as, as much as we could be of what was happening basically right. day to day, yeah. yep. as we all well know. And um, we were smart enough during that time to um, go into, I'm kind of being a little facetious, we created a whole new website too. We went from, uh, oh, we, yeah. we um, launched a whole new website in this past February um, because we saw the need and knew that that was, information was king at that point. Mm-hmm. So we have um, launched our website, which has been just amazing. So yeah. at this point, we're, we're back. We've been marketing throughout. The, the county, once again, was amazing, gave us an additional $200,000 they had left to continue this uh, marketing campaign because with the state of Washington, we aren't opening and for conventions and every and concerts mm-hmm. as quickly as some states. So right. com- we have that competitive aspect of it. So we're continuing that room to Rome campaign through this year to continue and invite people. Right. And it's actually worked well. We're at most of our hotels and our restaurants and everybody's saying they're having an amazing, a really good year. People are coming and staying. So that's great to hear. Yeah. After 2020, that is great. Yeah, news yeah it is great to hear. It's yeah. great to see those numbers. It's great to see people out and about, you know, and and talking to all of our partners and and having them be busy again. The workforce is um, a little bit of a challenge for everybody as we move forward now. It, it is. So we're working on helping um, as much as we can with that as well. Mm-hmm. So shifting into leadership a little bit, I'm sure 2020, you know, for all of us that are that are leaders in the community, brought uh, a lot of learning experiences. So I think, you know, let's say um, future leaders who aren't leaders yet, right. maybe they didn't have to lead through the pandemic. Maybe they haven't had to lead through recessions like 08, 09. Mm-hmm. What what did you learn during 2020 that you would share with them is important for uh, leadership? Well, for me, with leadership, is never do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, surround yourself with trusted colleagues, um, friends, family. You know, those type of things, and that's really mm-hmm. important because you get very isolated in a leadership role. You know, a lot of times, um, and so I have found that the way that I th- actually thrive the best, the way I'm able to make better decisions, the way I'm able to not get quite as stressed is to be able to talk to other people. Don't make, don't make decisions in isolation um, mm. because all, you're not always making the right decisions, trust me. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know everything, by goodness gracious, you know, nobody does. But so what, what I would always do if I had to make a decision, especially some big decisions, I would always bring in somebody who was either an expert in that or I knew had de- maybe even walked that road before. Yeah. Or co- trusted colleagues that I could bounce things off of and say, well, what do you think about this? And always, always, always have them uh, feel safe to be able to say, I think that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you should shift it this way. So that has been just really, really something that I've learned is that when you people feel like they get in a leadership position and they have to know everything or make all the decisions, oh, yeah. that is so not true. Yeah. And because collaborative and other ideas and ways of looking at things. I mean, there's been times I've sat there and I'm like, goodness gracious, I never thought of that. You are spot on. Yeah. Let's shift it over here. And that's just from having a conversation and listening. Mm-hmm. And so doing that, you know, a lot of times you do have to be the face of, you do have to be the, you know, make some hard decisions and, and it 
it falls on you. But knowing that you've got that, not buy-in so much, or but that collaboration, that consistency, that that um, everybody understanding the way you're going and not just yeah. making random decisions is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just understanding that you aren't always alone. Yeah. I love that that whole narrative. I've, I've built my business on collaboration. Yes. 100%. Uh -huh, me Works too. so good. And then when I when I hire someone specific, I know exactly the right person because mm -hmm. they're going to want to collaborate. So so what you said, I 100% agree. And now looking at it from the other side mm -hmm. of that fence, every time I go and ask a question of somebody and I learn something from mm -hmm. them, it gives them that next level of empowerment yes. Yes. to yes. come forward and exactly. say, hey, I got an idea. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. That right. is the icing on cake. It is the best is when someone has an idea <laughs> and they're willing to come and Love say it. something, even if it doesn't get accepted, yes. yeah. right? Because yeah. you learn if it's like creativity inspires creativity, inspires creativity. Yeah, endless. Well, and it's funny. I'm going to tell a funny story because when um, I was interviewing for this job, the CMO had been there for a year, and he crashed one of my interviews because he wasn't invited to the the day long. And he said, "I'm going to go in." And so he came in, and he's one of the rising stars <laughs> this year. And I just told the story to the um, to the the gal who was writing his article. But he sat down with me, and he said, "Hi, I'm Jamie Rand." You know, I'm like, "Hi, it's nice to meet you." And the, the people with me were just appalled. And I'm thinking, good for you for coming in and showing. He goes, he goes, do you micromanage? And I said, not unless I have to. He's like, good answer. <laughs> and then he's like, what do you think is more important, marketing or sales? I'm like, equal. Good answer. Thanks. And then he got up and walked away. <laughs> and I, I look at that because I thought, good for him for taking that. He went home and told his wife. He said, he goes, I may not have a job if she gets hired. <laughs> but but I was like, wow, I loved that initiative because he yeah. was asking me important questions to move the organization forward. And so then we, you know, I talked to everyone and I'm like, I want everybody to be empowered. You're going to make mistakes. Goodness gracious. As long as you're not doing anything illegal, immoral, or financially wrong, yeah. take those risks. Mm -hmm. We are. We have to take risks to stand out and make a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to win at everything. Goodness gracious, we've made ginormous mistakes, you know, whatever. And then we just shift. Yep. But I want everybody to feel like they can make those mistakes. They can come in and say, God, this didn't work. It's great. It's like, okay, what could we do better? Let's learn from it and move forward. So yeah. that's kind of how I lead with the team and everything. And and um, boy, they've done some amazing things. You know, some I've sat there and given given them some funny looks sometimes. Like, are you sure? It's like, trust me. I'm like, okay. And then of course it's worked out <laughs> yeah. great. You know, so yeah. those are the ones I'm really happy with. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Confidence. Yeah. Love exactly. It. Yeah. It's exciting. That's fun. And I think when you give somebody uh, trust, I mean, they then the, the idea is theirs too. Mm -hmm. right. And they own it versus like, hey, my boss told me to do something and I guess I'll kind of halfway uh, try to make it happen. But yeah, when the person comes up with the idea and then and then they say, trust me, I'll make this work. I mean, how much more powerful is that? Yeah. So and especially for our younger cool. generations, you know, I've been doing yeah. this for a long time and, um, you know, I get up every day still excited about it. And I want to I want and I was a late bloomer. I was really a late bloomer and really coming mm -hmm. into a real leadership role and everything. And I want to give the opportunity to especially some of our youngsters, as I call them, and they say that to their face, so yeah. they know it. And I love that about. But I want to give them the opportunity now to be able to own that and really get secure in that that mm -hmm. aspect of their life and grow. And I want them to stay in our industry. And it doesn't you cost know? you any and extra. No. It makes their lives better. No, it's and wonderful. it makes everything better. So yeah. Yeah. 
So I heard some kind of nuggets about your, your personal leadership style, but let's say you have a blank canvas and you're, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're painting a picture of your personal leadership style. What, what does that uh, picture look like? You know, it's, uh, I always say it's, a, it's 100% an inverted V. I'm the bottom of it. My whole job is to support the team. I'm the bottom and the funnel goes up. And so I yeah. always look at it that way. My whole job and everything that I do is to support the efforts of the team. They're doing the hard work. I mean, they are absolutely doing the day-to-day hard work of what's yeah. making the difference of everything we do. So that, uh, again, I talk about empowerment. I let, you know, I want everybody to do that. I let the different leaders lead their teams and do that. Uh, but, but I'm always there if anybody has a question, needs to make a hard decision, needs mm-hmm. to have a hard discussion, you know, those type of things. And, and my goal now is I really want to have a seat as many tables in our, in our community as possible because the value of tourism is, is really unknown. We are our own Absolutely. worst enemies mm-hmm. because we do not toot our own horns. And it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's across the world in tourism, especially yeah. the DMO um, aspect. And so I really want to continue. I don't want to lose this opportunity now to show the value of our restaurants, our, yeah. you know, our hotels, our attractions, you know, and really have people continue to, to understand the value, the economic value to the destination as well as just how wonderful they are yeah. and how hard they're working. So quick pause. You said DMO. What does that say? Sorry, for? Um, Destination Marketing Organization. Okay. We've yeah. been known in the past as a Convention and Visitors Bureau, but it's evolved um, over the years. So most most of our like organizations are calling themselves Destination Marketing Organizations because okay. gotcha. that's truly what we're doing. Yeah. Cool. Love it. So, um, yeah, I'm hearing some uh, really interesting kind of leadership style uh, points. The, the inverted V, mm-hmm. um, that really requires a leader to let go of a, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, how do people do that? Like, let's say people are, you know, somebody that leads a company is very involved in the day-to-day. Maybe they started out as the practitioner, but it's grown to a point where now it's not scalable with that. Right. So how does a person kind of dial back from that, do you think? I mean... There's maybe not a formula, but... No, and for me, as you know, I came into a brand new organization, and I had done Mm -hmm. it in my other organization, and it it was years, because it's basically a trust and a safety thing for me, um, all the way around the circle. And so I came in, and actually the three people that are on my leadership um, team right now were already at Visit Spokane. And so um, for me, it's just been a trust, and also being transparent. I'm very mm-hmm. open. I mean, like I sat down with the team the first time I said, you can ask me anything. I said, you know what? Um, I'm an open book. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to be transparent, as transparent as I can be. And so what I did is, is with our, especially with our leadership team, as I just sat down and I said, this needs to be our circle of trust. We need to feel safe here. We need to be able to cry. We need to be able to fuss at each other. We need to be able to do all of that. It becomes almost like a family. Oh, yeah. And I'm not asking you to become family with this, but I'm asking you for us to be successful is for us to have that circle of trust. We're not always going to agree with one another's. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It does not. It, it doesn't happen overnight. And so the 2019 is where we really kind of built that circle of trust. Nice. Thank goodness we had that year because when we went into 2020, yeah. we were you needed it together. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> trusted one another. We made decisions together and, and looked at that. So I feel so fortunate that we had that year of growth. And it was tough. I mean, yeah. there were some tough times. There were some tough conversations and all. And other other team members hadn't worked in that kind of a situation before. So it took them a little bit longer to really feel that trust or really do that. 
And so I've really encouraged, so it, it happened, we're very close friends now as, as, as well mm-hmm. as colleagues. And then I've encouraged that them with their teams. You know, I, I, we have, we, we had three, we met three times a week during the pandemic. We're down yeah. to weekly now and it's still mainly Zoom. Mm-hmm. But try to be as transparent as we can. I mean, our team knows where our finan- where we stand financially, where what we're going after, you know, anything that we can. We we share all that, and our and the leaders on the team with their departments are doing the same thing. So hopefully, it's continuing that culture of transparency of yeah. of um, um, compassion. Um, grace that's been my favorite word is everybody deserves grace through all of this mm-hmm. and as we move forward and what I what that does what I hope it's done and what I've seen is that gosh this team has worked so hard we understand yeah. how exhausted everybody is but everybody's still working toward our goal yeah Did that answer your question? oh absolutely I yeah wanna, I want to ask a quick question please uh, so one of the things that seems to be the most intimidating in a leadership style is transparency mm-hmm. so where would you um, how would you summarize transparency to a leader that's trying to be better a future leader um, to, to build that, I'm gonna use air quotes, circle mm-hmm. of trust, um, whatever that means to people, but the people closest to you in the business, how would you recommend in a business or a marketing situation to be transparent? For, well, and this is my style, it may not be comfortable for everybody, but I'm pretty transparent about who I am. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, on anything that's controversial aspect. You Understood. Know, that's the kind of thing. In but the pe- business. But in the business, people know who I am. You know, I've had people over to my home. You know, um, you know, people know that I'm single. People know my pets. People know my family. Where So I try to, like, enude in, that and have people try to do that back with me. Mm-hmm. Um, not to the point where it gets weird. Yeah, I You know, that's, because there's that fine line. Yeah. Yeah. aspect and then I encourage the others some of them are a lot more open than others and but I encourage that you know we know one another's lives outside of business because frankly we're all working so that we can have a life with our families mm-hmm. and yeah. and our fr- friends and so I always look at that first I'd love to know people's spouses children partners you know yeah. uh, pets you know all of that that's important and, I, and that's just me personally mm-hmm. So I think that kind of transparency about who you are, how you look at things, what you do, that's always been a really strong one. And I do that with other people in the community, too. Not everybody knows all of it, but the ones I'm close to that we collaborate with really closely. And that's worked really well. It's funny because when I interview, you know, it usually gets down. I know people, when they've been interviewed for a position and they're coming in new to the organization, my questions are about culture, who you are, how do we know when you're stressed, how do we, how yeah. do you work oh, yeah. on a team, um, you know, what's, what's your favorite thing to do? Those are the questions because I know that they've got the skills already. Mm-hmm. I want to know who they are. I want to know that they're going to fit in with the team. I want to know that we're not going to have somebody that's kind of an outlier on this. Everybody doesn't like the same things. I don't force people to all go to a team building, you know, to, at <laughs> one thing that they're like, I hate that. You yeah. know, that does not sound I'm not an axe thrower. Exactly. Thank you. With with alcohol. Thank you. We're not doing that, by the way. Um, but, um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that one's – but um, I think it sounds fun, but not – Yeah. But, um, you know, those kind of things. So really trying to listen to, to all of that aspect, too. But for me, that's just been – that makes you feel a little bit more bought in, that it's not just a machine moving forward, mm-hmm. that it's more of a, of a team, uh, almost a family. What a cool question. How do we know that you're stressed? Like, I, I know, Because I, I think that. I haven't really thought about that question. before, yeah. but Isn't there's that people that I've been around where it's like, 
are they okay or exactly. are they just focused? Are they stressed? Exactly. And especially if you knew that, I mean, you would know kind of how to handle that. <laughs> especially in a collaborative <laughs> uh-huh. environment. Exactly. Because yeah. literally, I don't, I don't care what business it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I do care. Yeah. I, let me rephrase <laughs> that. No matter what business you're in, if you're building a collaborative environment, you're building art. You're making you some sort of art and it brings emotion. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that is such a good, I'm doing this. I'm actually going to go. Good. We're doing this. I'm going to find it. I've got to write it yeah. down. I'll send you I my list you of my forget. questions. Everybody kind of sits there when I, because I'm like, look at, I, I just want to know who you are. You yeah. Know? And boy, the yeah. answers have been really interesting. And then also how, what happens? What do you do when you disagree with somebody, both your supervisor oh, yeah. and your team member? What do you, yeah. how do you handle that? And it, wow. it's very interesting to see because, you know, I want people to go directly to that person and work it out. I'm very much, my motto is low drama, no drama. Mm-hmm. You know, that we just keep right, that. that one. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> you know, I didn't make it up. I got it from somebody else, but I have used that. Because, you you, you know, if people can work it out and, and look at it not on a professional basis, not a personal basis. And I mm-hmm. always say, please always, when you go into a work conversation or a a work disagreement. Look at it per- professionally. Don't look at it personally because mm-hmm. it really isn't when it comes down That's to true. it. Yep. Um, so try to, to try to look at that. So the, the questions you get some really interesting um, uh, answers for those things, and it's really kind of shifted some. Somebody you think's coming in great, and then you're like, you would do that, you know? You would. That's yeah. how you, you well, kind of kind of shifts that person's. Um, well, because everybody, everybody yeah. can ask the, yeah. uh, hey, tell us about your goals and your strengths and mm-hmm. weaknesses. Everybody right. knows how to answer right. those, but like, if you actually find out who the person is and and are they a good fit with other questions, I mean, that's uh, really drilling into mm-hmm. who they are. And um, we have a we have a leadership book club, and we're reading with uh, we're reading Start with Why right now. Mm-hmm. Love and, Simon um, Sinek. And, and, yeah. and I'm love Simon Sinek. Oh yeah, Good. yeah. <laughs> love Simon Sinek. I'm uh, in the chapter that's talking about hiring and mm-hmm. finding the right fit mm-hmm. and people that believe in the yes. why and like it's mm-hmm. just brilliant. Southwest Airlines was one f- yeah. that uh, did it really well, and um, they're they're able to find people um, through just different things that you wouldn't think of. Um, where maybe they don't even have to interview somebody because they know that, yes. hey, uh, former cheerleaders are make good uh, uh, flight attendants right. on our, you know, not just because of their looks, but because of just the way they are passionate about enthusiasm. kind of yeah. being enthused. Yeah, yeah so. that's a great question. I've asked that a couple of times too. And just, I had a gal that um, we just interviewed and actually we're hiring her. She's just joining our team and just a great, but she, I, I said, why are you interested in, you know, visits Spokane? She goes, I just want to do something with a higher purpose. And I'm like, hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. For yeah. somebody young, because she's young, and I thought, oh, my goodness gracious. You know, yeah. that was that was her why, you know. And I thought, that just was like, wow, yeah. you get it. You know, and <laughs> I thought, cool. wasn't that cool? Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, man, nuggets dripping. Dripping <laughs> with nuggets. This is great. So... Rewinding a little bit, mm-hmm. you moved to Spokane to take the Visit Spokane uh, role as president and CEO. Talk about maybe some of the advantages and disadvantages of moving into an area, mm-hmm. into a leadership position like this. Um, probably the toughest thing is coming into um, an organization that somebody had been there a little over eight years before. Yeah. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, you're the new mm-hmm. person and trying to, you know, always, you know, set the tone. Um, and and fit in number mm-hmm. one because you're fit no matter if you're coming into a leader position or you're coming into, you know, an admin position, you still are fitting in yeah. and fitting in, 
and so that and then you know especially in a leadership position is is you know coming brand new into a destination trying to figure out who the players are and oh, who yeah. all of that is and so what i did first thing is my assistant i was doing meetings with everybody in the the region especially first our partners legislators all of that i just had at least a half an hour an hour to sit down and get to know them i yeah. thought that was and with my team of course too just sit down and so that was a challenge because trying to figure out, you know, everybody, it's, it's hard because everybody had different ideas and visions and mission, you know, everybody oh, does yeah. that. So yeah. trying to kind of put all that together and figure out what worked best for us moving forward and, mm-hmm. and looking at that. And then, of course, with a board, you know, I, we were being a 501c6, I report to a board. Right. I have a fabulous board. I'm just going to do a shout out for my board. Shout out to the board. Shout, shout out, out to, to the, the board. board. You're doing great. Um, <laughs> and... Um, so, you know, just putting all that together. So that was probably the toughest is just trying to see if I fit too. You know, yeah. if the if what I thought coming into this with moving forward fit and boy it exceeded my wildest dreams. I mean, wow. I've made such amazing friends here of just in different um, you know, leadership roles. And yeah. and again is, you know, um there's some amazing women leadership in this mm-hmm. in this community. Agreed. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. I'm just in, so inspired by that. I'm yeah. so inspired on a daily basis by the, not the men are great too. Don't get me wrong, but the women are just amazing yeah. Yeah. in these leadership roles and have done just just remarkable things, especially in in what we went through for the last year. Yeah, and it's like uh, that's part of Spokane too. Is like the the talented leaders are rising to the top, yes. kind of regardless of you know. Exactly. For lack of a better word, what a label would say they are, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. So, and the, and because of that, we're seeing a lot of uh, women c- uh, coming into leadership mm-hmm. positions um, and doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, so, t- I'm cu- I've always been curious about um, when a, an organization, I guess DMO, I'm mm-hmm. going to use the acronym. Good. Thanks. Uh, ha- has to balance between the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, its own interests, also public and private uh, entities as well, who each have their own mm-hmm. their own interests. Mm-hmm. Um, what's kind of the, I guess, hardest part about doing that? Um, probably is um, we the way I look at it is is some the probably the hardest thing is maybe people will come in and just be very narrow on what they want if it's foot traffic through their door, if it's the specific uh-huh. things. Our goal is, I kind of look at it as a 32,000 foot. We mark it mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. So we're anything 50 miles, and I mean, that's just, a, that's a, a generalization. Anybody, yeah. we're trying to get people to come and spend the night and, and yeah. do that. So we're looking at more of a global. So yeah, there's different times we may promote one area, like the holidays, there's gonna be specific things that we're gonna do to drive that traffic. Right. So the way you kind of look at it is, is we are putting that message out there, multiple different messages, multiple different demographics and that we're looking at. And then it's more the job of the, the different businesses as they come into town to invite them in. So they need to be do some type of marketing, some type of tra- foot traffic aspect of it yeah. to, to complement what we're doing. A lot of times we market together. So sometimes that gets to be a little hard that people are like, well, what did you do for us? And it's like, okay, let's look at your analytics. Yeah. And I'm going to bump back to the analytics because now we can pull it right up and say, well, yeah. this many people came to your door, this, and we can track it back yeah. to an ad we had, you know, in Texas. And these, you know, 
this many people came up from Texas and then went in. So yeah. looking at that. So sometimes that gets tough to have that understanding. And I get it because people are, li they're living more in the day-to-day -day aspect of, sure. you know, what's happening today. We live in the future. Yeah. Does that make sense? Exactly. So not that we're not compassionate and I completely understand when I have these conversations, but that's sometimes having that, that glo more global understanding gets a little tough of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, do, is it, uh, are there ways to make it fun? I guess, I mean, there's, uh, there's the data part of it, which I think is always fun. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and I do yeah. too. I'm such a data geek. I can't believe myself. So it's just super fun. I, like I know. <laughs> um, you know, it, I, I think I have the best job ever. I just, every day, you know, there's something different going on, you know, and, and, and travel and hospitality. I mean, it doesn't yeah. get much better nope. than that. It really doesn't. So I feel like it's fun all the time. Um, you know, I mean, trust me, there's always the things that you do you yeah. deal with. Like I, I'm not a good numbers person, so I'm so glad I have a fantastic finance. Oh, she's just remarkable. You know, so I'm so glad she has, I have that. So, but you know, it's just, I, I get so excited with what our marketing team's doing. And then we have mm -hmm. our sales team that go out and are booking large conventions throughout the region for the convention center and for the hotels throughout and then center place as well. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we're really starting to, to look and do a lot of things with center place out in the mm -hmm. valley. So excited about nice. that and that increased partnership. So it gives us more ability to sell. So yeah. the, the creativity and everything, and it, but it's so hard to get that message of out every day of what our team is doing on a daily basis. It's just remarkable yeah. how they're out there talking to people, out there, out there creating something new mm -hmm. to get out to people to come into our destination. So mm -hmm. it's um, it's great. Yeah, and uh, I guess we've we've all picked the right horse to uh, be betting on too. I mean, it's not like <laughs> yeah. uh, no offense to Nebraska, but it's not yes. like we're sitting in the middle <laughs> exactly. of a of Thank a cornfield saying this place is awesome. Thank you. Um, and and I think Nebraska is probably cool as well. But yeah. I I, think I believe cool that too. our yeah. our horse is a, a bit better. So <laughs> well, and we're and just our perception. I mean, like I've I, I have a tendency to be a little Pollyanna sometimes, and so through the whole pandemic, I kept trying to look at the blessings and the good things that were going on yeah and you know when, one of the things I noticed when I came here is the perception good bad or no perception was what I mainly was saying because I'd say people they're like you're going where yeah and I'm like it's on the other side you know where Coeur d'Alene is everybody goes oh yeah so that's you know mm -hmm. and so the perception value that we have now has gone up remarkably Agreed. both from our marketing aspect the ability you know thank goodness we had that but also just the, the value of our destination with the outdoors yeah. and things like that. So that has been a huge blessing for us and a, a huge benefit, you know, to be able to do that. So now when we say Spokane, people know actually who we are, yeah. Yeah. you know, even on the East Coast. So those type of things have been great for us to be able to And to, that kind of snowballs forward. because yeah. the more people that come, the more uh, effort that's put into like right. making it an even better place. Exactly. And, right. 100%. And it just keeps going. So, well, so what the, exciting. The, this is this will round out so anyone that doesn't understand exactly what we're saying imagine you're driving down market street in spokane and you look to your okay. left right above the college there's a big billboard and it says visit montana mm -hmm. and it's got a sunset yes. and mountains yes. and a horse in it mm -hmm. yeah you go there your mind goes there <laughs> now imagine being in your car mm -hmm. sitting in downtown seattle and the bus mm -hmm. goes by okay yes. picture of downtown spokane mm -hmm. and it says visit spokane yes. mm -hmm. and you're reminded hey that's where i'm from it's exciting mm -hmm. well anyway i'm yeah. just saying that's, exactly. That's the perception. Right. That's what. The, that's from the outside looking in. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> Love it. 
<laughs> One quick thing from the leader of Visit Spokane and travel and tourism, what's the one thing you'd want to tell anyone, business owners, hoteliers, hospitality industry, and the traveler about what Visit Spokane does for Spokane? We're an economic engine. Um, truly are. I, in fact, I'm, yeah. I brought uh, for 2019. Perfect. Let me just give you a couple statistics. I think that this oh, is yeah. something that people don't really realize. I won't talk about 20 because that, but in 19, when we had our best year, um, visitors spent $1.4 billion <laughs> in Spokane Whoa. County, which <laughs> generated $2.1 billion in total business sales, including that's indirect and um, induced impacts wow. into their city. Awesome. Okay, Incredible. tourism sustained um, tourism sustained job generated five hundred and sixty nine million, and it was up from five hundred and forty eight million in two thousand and eighteen. So we were definitely on an upward projection. Whoa. There were a total of eighteen, a little over eighteen thousand jobs, and um, in Spokane, and it contributed in Spokane County. It generated three hundred and seventy one million in tax revenues with 214 million accruing to state and local governments. But my biggest thing that I say about this when I talk about quality of life for people is for each household, that that saved them about $1,000 in taxes Boom. locally. Hey. So if residents don't think that there's That's a benefit what people to like. them, there's yeah. actual dollar <laughs> benefits as well as just quality of life benefits that tourism brings into the county i would have never thought that that's yeah. thanks for sharing aren't that those, that's aren't really those cool amazing numbers and i bet that was fun to share to your awesome board uh, those uh, types yeah, of numbers it that's is. exciting yeah it's, those are it's exciting really days. great so <laughs> well, yeah, that was the answer really i was good. looking for i i feel like there's a misunderstanding a huge misunderstanding about what visit spokane does correct and you just nailed it on the head i've heard that answer before and so i was excited to ask the question because i think it debunks that's a lot of impressive yeah. yeah, it's super impressive. Yeah, Thank and you. we're getting we're getting back to uh, to those types of numbers. I we are. I forget what twenty twenty was. I I don't even really remember it's the year. On. We're we're, yeah. we're back on track. We what are. Happened? <laughs> I, I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're, we don't know. I went on sabbatical for <laughs> yeah. a year. What do they call it? Gap year. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, there you gap go. Gap year in life. Right. <laughs> right. Oh man. Oh. Crazy. Fun. Well, I think it's time for our seventh inning stretch, um, which actually I was thinking about it as I was getting ready for the show. Um, it's actually closer to the ninth inning, but um, in right. baseball terms, uh, <laughs> right. it's seventh inning stretch, not ninth inning. So well, we could we drag it out a little. It. We yeah. could go to the ninth inning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. There's lots to talk about. We have an awesome guest. Exactly. We can do you. this. <laughs> we will. So the seventh inning stretch is one of my favorite parts of the podcast. We get to learn a little bit about what you like best about Spokane. Okay. Yeah. So it's rapid fire. You don't have to think Got about it. it. Just go for it. Favorite Spokane entertainment? Um, mountains. Love to hike. Love it. Love nice. all of them. Awesome. Uh, favorite Spokane neighborhood? Gosh. Um, you know, I love Garland, Perry. I actually love I live in mm -hmm. Eagle Ridge, and I actually love it up there. Oh, nice. Um, nice. You know, just for the the... The difference between what I love about here is you can, I live in like in a subdivision, but I can also walk my dog right out into yep. a forest right behind my house, you know, right yes. out there. And so, from Eagle and Ridge, then, you can get to Chaps pretty yep. quickly in the morning to have some uh, oatmeal. And yeah. I've done that <laughs> yeah. more amazing. times yeah. than I can tell you. Shout out to Chaps. I love that restaurant. That is and Lata and Lata yep. Bistro down there, they do a fantastic mm -hmm. job too. So little yes. shout outs to some great partners. Love it. Awesome. 
And that brings us to the favorite Spokane coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I, I like, I, I'm going to have to say all. I, I would say my favorite thing is coffee. If I'm addicted awesome. to anything, nice. it's coffee. And they, uh, from the drive-throughs to the sit-downs, I enjoy every single one of them. Awesome. So I couldn't. We love coffee. One. We love coffee, I know. Too. Yeah. I do. We actually <laughs> podcasted at uh, Roast House. We did. We talked to Dave, oh, Dave Bernardo. Terrific. And uh, we podcasted on top of, uh, we call them garbage cans, but <laughs> they were sanitary and they had lots of coffee in them. So it was yes. great. Food grade fun. garbage cans. Yeah. Or food grade fun. storage containers. Yeah. But fun, fun. yeah, we are the traveling podcast, so we could set up anywhere. <laughs> That's right. And also, I think we're going to have to now uncover all of the Spokane coffee shops and do, do some social I media. Think so. I think you absolutely yes. need to do yeah. that. Actually, we should go to every pot, every every coffee shop and podcast and sample and drink coffee plenty of coffee sounds as well like yeah sounds like 14th inning to me yes sounds <laughs> perfect to me okay uh, favorite spokane restaurant oh goodness um again all of them probably a real standout i love wild sage i love oh, yeah. wiley's Oh, yes, um, Wiley's is good. I've been to Baba recently, lovely. Mm, awesome. Adam's doing a great mm-hmm. job up there. Just uh, Chad White's restaurants are amazing. Zona Blanca. Mm-hmm. I could eat a lobster roll every day, you know, from <laughs> the high tie. You know, so just um, what's the, what I love so much about that is we've got so many amazing chefs in town and so many of the independent restaurants. I mean, I could go on all day long, so... Um, there's nothing bad to eat in Spokane. I agree. How in that. the world did that happen? By the, I think uh, you I had know. something to do with it, Doyle, with your uh, support of the restaurants and oh, yeah. certainly <laughs> visit Spokane too. But like, as, if you look 10, 15 years ago, this was not the food scene. Right. Yeah, yeah. probably even it's, five years it's ago. It's so unusual to see more independently owned restaurants mm-hmm. than chain restaurants, especially in a downtown core. Yeah. Yeah. Even along the freeways, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's pretty remarkable. Yep. Yeah, and and I think. Um, we're coming out of a, a, into a new generation of what food means yes, to people. Yes. And so, like, what I love about food, the food scene currently is the stories behind the dish. Farm to table. Farm to table. Love all that. The list mm-hmm. goes on. Exactly. And, and I try and keep myself away from what the yep. chef needs to tell, mm-hmm. but know enough that it's, it, it make, you can make magic on the internet with it. But when you actually go to, to a, a restaurant that was inspired from a chef's experience, and immerse yourself in it, it is beyond date night. Uh, it is super yeah, cool. It's so it's cool. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you enjoy most about Spokane? Oh, gosh, again, a tough question. <laughs> um, I'm going me to probably go back to, no, no, but you're, well, I wish That's I just That's what had, we try it, to do. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> exactly. really, I'm really super excited there's not just one answer. Yeah, there you go. Again, it's I'm going to well probably said. go back to the people. Nice. Um, the lifestyle here is great. I love yeah. the lifestyle. Um, you know, the, the outdoor out lifestyle just fits right in with who and what I am. And mm-hmm. but I, I have to say, people. Yeah, agreed. Love it. I've messed. I've I've been around downtown my whole life. This is where I've been raised. I love Spokane. Mm-hmm. I visit Spokane every day, and and uh, to be downtown taking photos of the same thing over and over again never makes me tired yeah, yeah. um that's, that's and, I, and I remarkable feel, yeah it's it's always a different different skyline different whatever but the people i've met downtown that are visiting for the first time that is probably the most exciting conversation you can ever have with a with a human being um when you love your city and then you're you're forward facing marketing to somebody without even knowing it yes. just because you love your city yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's yeah. that's what makes and you know Spokane that's special. kind of an unusual thing too is that so many cities and I've been in a few of them is where you get in a cab and 
people are like, why are you, why did you come visit here? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's just, I'm going to cringe when I do that. But people don't do that here. You know, you get in a no. cab here and they're like, what's to do? Oh, blah, 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 blah. So there's real pride all the way down. You know, yeah. yes, do we have some challenges that every big, big city, mid-sized city has? Um, do we have those challenges? Yes. Are mm-hmm. we working toward them? Yes. That's what I love about that too. But, you know, but every you're not getting that why would you come visit you know that kind of yeah. thing that just that's probably the the worst thing you could get you know from a city from a tourism standpoint so yeah i feel like i'm i'm a fairly glasses always full kind of guy mm-hmm. and and uh but, but there's a, a a hashtag and i hate to bring this up but it needs to be said it's just the way i feel it's the right time there's a hashtag on Instagram that says Spokane doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. It bothers me to no end because it mm-hmm. never did. Mm-hmm. So someone's implying that it did at right. one point. Now right. it doesn't. Right. Maybe I'm overthinking. Or it that a we have bit. to somehow s- say that so that we can people argue against it. Or yeah. So that's to all the people, yes. To all the people that think Spokane doesn't suck, never did. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> we don't no. even have to say that. No. Because I know. It's, uh, yeah. The best example that Mark Marin came, I think it was 2017, he came to open, I think he was opening at the, the Comedy House, and came in and did a seven-minute monologue on his podcast about thinking he was coming in and going to see zombies and, you know, tattered. Oh, yeah. Did you all ever hear that? No. Fantastic. And just went off about man, this is the greatest city I've ever been to. So I recommend that's everybody, awesome. that's We're gonna exactly listen to that. for what you said, of what he said, and he went on. He just couldn't believe what a, a, an amazing destination this was, coming in with that exact thought. Okay, yeah. great, I'm going to another one of those cities. That, Say his name again. Like Mark Marin. Mark Marin. Right. Okay, we got to yes. listen to that. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll post a link to that yeah. uh, monologue. Yeah. That sounds fun. No, he was, yeah, he's, he, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for that. I yeah. have a couple more uh, questions for the seventh inning stretch. This pops to mind. Okay. Um, do you eat breakfast? I don't. Every morning? You don't? Okay. So what, uh, um, kind of describe, you said you like uh, coming to work and you enjoy it mm-hmm. every day. And so what are some of the leadership, favorite leadership routines that you have? Yeah. Um, my thing is, is I try to exercise every morning. Oh, yeah. Um, that's just part of who I am. I walk my dog. That's... I, I, okay. Th- I, that's my yep. commitment to my dog. What she type of dog? Walk. She's do you just have? a rescue, a forty-pound rescue. Nice. nice. And but that's my that's my commitment to her. Yeah. But that's my time to get my head together. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so I put my day together at that point. I always look the day before I, the night before I close everything down. I look to see what my day is, just so I'm prepared. Yeah. You know, I don't want to wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, what I, do I have, have this. Today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but then I walk my dog. It's usually thirty to forty minutes depending yeah. on how long and that's when I start thinking about everything so mm-hmm. I give myself time to um, uh, get my head together for lack mm-hmm. of a better way mm-hmm. when there's yeah. no distractions um, because I don't I don't listen to music I don't do anything I just walk the dog yeah and and think about everything say hello to my neighbors and the other dogs and yeah. all that <laughs> um, do that um, my breakfast is coffee Nice. So yes. I'm just I just never have black been coffee, big, latte. Uh, no, what's little, the little bit of little bit of cream in it, and yeah. I'm good to go. Nice. And um, so that's what I do, and then I usually eat about midday. 
Awesome. So, there you go. More information than you need in bed. No, no that's okay. But that's good. how I get it together. I just need some quiet time in the morning. But uh, yeah. coupling exercise with uh, with the pets. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, Peloton, there could be an opportunity here. I think they did a great job during the pandemic. I have had a Peloton for five um, years. That is my go-to. Yes, nice. I ride my Peloton almost but every day. But what they need nice. now is an attachment behind yes. that's maybe like a little dog treadmill or yes. something so that you can kind of do that uh, yeah, together, cool. right? Yes, <laughs> I think cool. it would be great. My dog is always in there with me in the room, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Put a Peloton trailer. Yeah, I, I, I have been accused. I have been yeah. accused of being a, a proponent for Peloton because everybody I know during when all, everything closed down, I'm like, I'm the lucky one. I have yeah. one already. So and I just yeah, walk downstairs exactly. and there I go. Facebook Marketplace, dime a dozen yep. right now. Yep. Everybody's yep. selling them. Yep. Oh yeah, exactly. they're offloading them now, and they're coming Which to they Spokane to visit. It's, I don't know. I think they're yeah. I love them so. Yes. I love it. It's been awesome. it's, it's been a it's been a, a a a stress saver for me. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I'm gonna throw a shout out to the photographers in Spokane. Get, shout out to I, the photographers. Yeah, yep. the, yes. there there is never a bad place in Spokane to shoot photos, mm -hmm. and I love seeing other people's perspective of the clock tower, the pavilion, yes. how they do it, the different times of the day, whatever. Yeah, you are making a difference. To my photographer friends, you are making a difference to everybody that wants to come to Spokane and searches the hashtag. So post your mm -hmm. photos. Yes. If you're worried about someone stealing them, go figure out your Lightroom settings yeah. and make it so they can't be stolen. Right. That's all I'm saying. Nice. Yeah. I don't even know what uh, Lightroom is, <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to talk sometime <laughs> about that. We can that. do that again, but, but they know what I'm talking about, and we love to see your photos. We, oh, we yeah. do too. And yeah. we, I share every photo I see, on, and I get my, I get friends, you know, on my Facebook and Instagram and everything, like, that's so beautiful. I'm like, I get to see that every day. Yeah. You know, lucky me. Exactly. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, Meg, this has been an absolute pleasure. We've had a lot of for fun having too. you on the show. Yeah. And, um, this is going to be another fantastic episode for our listeners yep. to enjoy. So thanks for your time and thanks for being on. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for doing this, too. It's really important for our community and for future leaders as well. So thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you.